Um, I think this team, from a marketing standpoint, is amazing. Personally. Uh oh. <laughs> this is where we go get into it. Personally. <laughs> of another relaunch what's up what's up i am lz hey y'all i'm keenan how you doing today keenan i'm good i um my legs are sore well do you have a leg day <laughs> i was i had a leg day so i've been running a little bit more so i ran and then i like went and worked on my legs and i think i just i like i was doing a little too much i was trying to show off so i made the weight a little more heavy than it usually is <laughs> trying to be cute trying to be cute trying to wear shorts in the summer uh-huh. <laughs> and and it's just like so i'm feeling it today i'm just like oh i'm gonna be sitting down a lot that's all right you know i mean take a take some time off you work out a lot <laughs> So I know. So that was the thing. I was actually also I had like a really busy work week, and so I had take I took like three days off, and so that was also my that that's why I was trying to be cute because I was like, oh, I haven't been here in a few days. Like I really need to get into it. Let's make it long. Let's make it hard. Let's. Yeah, I like. So that was so that was so that was the workout there, and so I'm feeling that today. <laughs> well, all right. Well, let's go ahead and get into these comics. Um. So, first up is Wolverine number 11 by Benjamin Percy. Now, I did not read this because I dropped the book. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, so I will I say that, like, I was, I do like Percy because I do mm-hmm. enjoy doing on X-Force. But this mm-hmm. Wolverine arc for me so far, or this solo series, has been, like, all over the place. And I really don't care about Wolverine fighting vampires and Omega Red. <laughs> I don't, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I do agree. So I didn't. Ha- I haven't dropped the book yet. I will say that I think I might after this. Um, I do completely agree with the fact that I think the book as a whole has kind of been all over the place. I feel like Percy. I feel like it's one of those things that's gonna be better in a trade. Percy is trying to do like a very long form story, so the arcs kind of keep jumping back and forth. Um, but as we all know, it it kind of makes me think about just monthly comics as a whole and the format of how they're produced and like how we get them and how we. I feel as though it should change a little bit. And I know this is something that's been said by a lot of comic professionals before, but the month-to-month basis doesn't always work for everything. And whether that comes to start being like more graphic novels or like OGNs that come out, I don't know. But I actually love vampires and I love Wolverine, so I was very into this story. (laughs) (laughs) I had a feeling you will say that. (laughs) I was very into the story, but it just reminds me that while I'm into the story, when we go to the next arc, will I really care? Right. Um, and then it, I, and then I don't think it helps that Wolverine doesn't have a, like a supporting cast in the book. There's no one for him to really latch onto or kind of play off of. Again, we get it; he's done the whole loner thing, but we've gotten a little bit past that. In any solo book, you, your character has to have somebody to play off of. It cannot just be them all the time. Yeah. Nobody read about that. And so. I think that's where we've gotten with now with this. It's just kind of like, okay, we're just reading about Wolverine kind of running through the motions, meeting all these random people and going about his way. Even this one, it brought back the vampire hunter from the first arc, but at the same time, she she hasn't been around enough to really make you care about it. So, 
I think the issues are fine. I think they're serviceable. Like, again, I like Percy. I think he's got a really good handle on Logan's voice. I think he does action very well. The art's great. The colors are good. I just, again, I feel like this is one of those stories that might be better in a trade, and I kind of find myself getting a little bit bored. Yeah. What would you um, give it? Um, I'd give it a 3.5. I don't like a 5. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not into vampires, though. It's not, I mean, that's a lie. I would give it a 4 out of 5, but I'm into vampires. I feel like if you're not into okay. vampires, <laughs> this would give it like a 3.5 out of 5. <laughs> <laughs> Like, even when I, I had tweeted about the book, and I was like, I think I might drop it. And, like, all these people were in my mention saying, yeah, this uh, vampire arc is awful. And I was just like, no, I, I like the vampires. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Wolverine does this whole little monologue about how the vampires and the mutants are kind of similar because, you know, they can't die. Or if they do die, they come back and people still hate them. And they're, like, hiding away on their respective islands. You know, Dracula has t- uh, set up a base in Chernobyl because, right. like, Obviously, nobody can go there. And so he was, like, telling all these similarities. And I'm like, come on, but it's, like, vampire mutant solidarity. I'm all the way here for it. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, once once this arc is over and I don't see those vampires anymore, it's just like, oh, well, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see what's, what's going on with that uh, maybe next issue. All right. Uh, next up is Black Cat Number 5 by Jed McKay and Michael Dowling. This is your girl. Tell us about it. You know, it's my girl because it's Felicia, and then it's my guy because I love Jen McKay. He is definitely, he is like everything, and he continues it on this book. So there's like the basic um, premise of this issue is that Felicia and Fox, Fox is the guy who basically trained her how to be a burglar, they are trying to infiltrate the New York Thieves Guild to steal their money. And so to do that, they find out that the Thieves Guild has been hiding the money in like this other dimensional portal. So they travel to this like place to get it. However, Fox reveals to Felicia that the money's actually not there. There's this god who rules the land and he grants people wishes in returns for a bargain. Like you give him something, he'll give you something you want. So like with uh, the Thieves Guild, it was the way for her to like get the money. And so he's saying he'll give him something better if the god breaks his bond with Odessa Drake, who leaves the New York Thieves Guild, and gives him immortality because he's dying. And he has talked about how he's tried magic, he's tried Krakoan medicine, he has went to Dracula, he, like, went to Dracula to try and get him to turn him into a vampire, he's, like, done all these things to, like, That's cool they brought up Krakoa. Yeah, so Jen McKay actually mentioned Krakoa and he mentioned Kandra earlier in the issue as well. Oh, wow. we all know. So it's like I was getting my life reading this issue, and it also made me realize I was like, just let Jim McKay write his X book. He wants to do it. Oh, that would be fantastic. He wants to do it. Like let, yeah. just just let him come on over and let him do it. So that was fine. Um, but basically they get to the portal or the dimension, the god comes out, the guy's like, Please give me a, a mortal life, I'll give you something better, and he hands over the deed to Manhattan, like the city oh. of Manhattan. Yeah, and then the issue ends. It's really fun. I love Jim McKay on this book. Again, I think I think he has a really good handle of Felicia's voice. Uh, Felicia, as I've said before, she's always been a character I didn't really know too much about before, maybe like last year or so. But from far away, she was always a character I would in- enjoy. That's just like, she seems fun. All she wants to do is steal stuff and have sex. And it's kind of like, okay. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, diamonds and dick. Um, <laughs> literally, um, but you you get nice little moments with her and Fox, who's trained her, and kind of how she feels about that and reacting to him dying and all this other stuff. It's a nice issue. It's really poignant. It gives a lot of character moments. Uh, again, Jen McKay is really good with that. He's good for mixing in the humor with the character moments. That's so. great. I mean, he was fantastic on that Taskmaster mini. Uh, and, you know, I love, love, loved that book. So I need to just catch up with this because I feel like Black Cat, Felicia has always been like really cool to me. Yeah. But I don't have, I don't know anything about, I, I read a bunch of Spider-Man stuff. Um, a whole like a lot of amazing Spider-Man shows back in the day, and she it was always fun when she would appear and everything. I didn't really necessarily like her and Peter together, uh, and or I, I guess or anything. I'm not really a huge Spider-Man fan, so I never read too much stuff of her in that book. But I would read her in like other places throughout the uh, Marvel universe, and so now kind of just getting her has been like really interesting, and especially since we see her interacting with a lot of other characters. She's interacted with Fantastic Four. She's interacted with Doctor Strange. It's been cool. The Fantastic Four showed up. Johnny showed up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> right. Uh, what would you rate it? This four out of five, for sure. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Nice. All right. Next up is uh, Daredevil. Um, this is issue number 29 by Chip Zdarsky. And I uh, cannot remember his first name. Marco? Uh, Marco, Marco Chichito. Yeah. And oh, are you, you're caught up on this now, I'm yes? caught up now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I caught up now, and y'all were right. This is really okay. good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Y'all really right. Um, You already know, like, I'm an electric. You're getting stick. your life. I was going to say, you're getting yeah. your life. So, so I remember, <laughs> I think uh, we were talking about this about you and Electra, and like if you really liked her again like again we've been having these conversations about characters do we really like them or do we just like kind of watching them fight and do these other things do you feel like what you've seen of this Electra? do you like her oh yeah i like her okay. um because i've recently gone back and read a lot of her older appearances and her older solo stuff so uh she had a solo issue um solo run recently um where she was like in vegas and uh run around she was like caught up in murder world with arcade hmm Beautiful art, I will say, because uh, Wonka Ball. Is that Ball. the one? Oh, Wonka Ball did that. Mm-hmm. Fantastic art. Yeah, oh get God. into it. <laughs> Arcade and Wonka Ball, you speaking my language. Yeah, and I will say um, the the arc, the series anyway, it kind of felt more like an arc than it felt like a like an intro to a series because she does like just kind of by happenstance end up in murder world and then she's like kind of got to get herself out of that and then the book was canceled before uh before it could like finish so mm. it kind of oh feels that's the series where she had um they had gave her a new costume right like the the, the one that looked uh, just like black the, body uh, suit with the red scarf yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah okay. the one that they were pulling from the daredevil netflix show and yes. that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> they, were, <laughs> they were clearly trying to capitalize off of that and which is probably also why she's more like badass in this <laughs> than they're kind of doing more introspecting into the character. Um, although I will always say that I know we talk about people and like liking the, the, the ninja girl motif, but like Electra is like the <laughs> she's the blueprint. 
She's, she's the blueprint of the ninja girl. So like I, <laughs> I'm okay with that. She's it's fine for her. Because, <laughs> like it's fine for her. She's like she started the trend. Like we'll give her that. We'll definitely yeah. give that to her. We'll, Aaron, we'll give her. I won't lie. I I know you like vampires and stuff. I think I do like ninjas. <laughs> um, okay. I, <laughs> I do like ninjas because I'm also a big fan of like Mortal Kombat and everything. So like I do. I do think oh, I'm learning that. Okay, I this I'm... is great. This is great. Okay, I have some Daredevil runs that I can recommend to you then. Okay, we'll get we'll get you. So we'll get. Uh, oh, I've been waiting okay. for this. Day. I'm so excited. I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> so this this issue obviously is really great. She is still pursuing her run basically as Daredevil, and although I will say at the beginning of this issue where she's kind of training this that girl, mm-hmm. uh, who she rescued in the last issue from the whole uh, King and Black thing, which went on much longer than it needed to. Um, She rescued this girl and her mother got turned into like a venom and her mother ended up dying. She seemed like a teenager Mm -hmm. then. In this issue, she seemed like like a child. Like, she's like eight. I got got like like preteen vibes. Like, 10, 11 ish. Um, I do agree she felt a little younger here, but I don't know. You know, age in the Marvel universe is age in comic books in general is just that's fair. Don't even think about it too much. I think we she, just have to uh, uh, look at it like she's just a young girl that lost her mom. <laughs> exactly. Like in a month, she'll probably get sucked through some type of time dimensional portal and come back as a forty-two year old woman. Mm-hmm. So. And what I've what I've really been enjoying about this has been this reflection of Electra and how what I love about her is she is she accepts fully who she is. There's no like turmoil with her. Mm-hmm. People around her try to think like, oh, there's this darkness in you or whatever. But she's like, no, like some people just gotta get killed. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that, you know. Yeah. Um, again, you know, I like those kind of gray area characters. However, she's more uh, towards the murderous side <laughs> than than some of the other gray area characters she's that I like. She is the murderous side. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Not a towards. Like she's she's it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> she um, she has been. I think her run as as Daredevil has been really really great. In this issue, um, the you see her out on the streets being Daredevil and like pulling back on whether or not she's gonna kill someone. She ends up telling the these like I don't want to call them bodyguards, but they're like these street thugs who are trying to take over a uh, convenience store and take money from them. She beats them up and tells them that if you want to keep doing this, <laughs> you have to pay me thirty grand. What's <laughs> up? Like you can do it if you want. And I I like that it was still tapping into her. She is an assassin. Like mm-hmm. that is what she like, is. Yeah. Um. She can. There is a price for hers, but she is willing to like. She's using her assassin like kind of background as mm-hmm. as a way to kind of guard the city as Daredevil. So that's it's interesting to see her kind of do that in this book. Daredevil is in jail and he realized he had been poisoned and he tries to go outside for fresh air and then they all just like basically beat his ass. <laughs> you know, Matt lives a very sad life. I didn't know <laughs> you know, this is actually really the first Daredevil run I've kept up with consistently now that I'm like caught up with it. Okay. Um Read issues before, obviously, if, Dare, if Electro <laughs> appeared. Um, but this is my first time like reading an entire series from issue one and keep going. 
And I was like, damn, he'd be going through it. Like, <laughs> he lives a very sad life. Like, it's, if it's one thing about Matt, is that his life is depressing. Yeah. Um, the show, like, the show wasn't just for show. <laughs> like, he's really sad. Like, the bad things that happen to him all the time. Like, th- that was real. <laughs> um, so he is in jail. He ends up getting beat up. We also meet um, the Kingpin's son. I didn't know this was a thing. Um, before I had I hadn't read the previous uh, runs or whatever I didn't know he basically has like an illegitimate son that he may not know yeah. about. Also, I was gonna ask you or the listeners. I thought Mike Murdoch was made up. I thought that that twin brother thing was fake, but I clearly didn't know because I didn't I haven't really read any of the old Daredevil books. So I thought when they tried to pass off the whole Mike Murdoch I thought it had thing, got retcon. But I could have missed it somewhere. It's like a real thing. Again, like Daredevil says, so you got to dip in and out of a run sometime. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like you got to dip in and out because you just start going down with it. And it's just kind of like, I don't need to be here. I was happy (laughs) when I started reading this book. (laughs) That's a fair point. But I'll do some research. I I, I, I think I have the the trades of like the whole Mike Murdoch thing. So I'll go back and read that so I can give you an answer for sure. Yeah, I want to know, because I thought he was made up, but I didn't know if this was like a real brother thing or what was going on there, or if he was like a clone or some, you know, people like clones. They love a clone. (laughs) They love a clone. Um, But the issue ends with Daredevil like laid out on (laughs) after fighting all these people and then he got stabbed. So... This is just like, damn, it's just like, what else can happen to this man? <laughs> he was going to win the fight after a while, then he got stabbed, so. Nah, yeah. So now we're going to see what's going on with uh, the, basically the, the villains of the issue and these thugs who have all been uh, running Hell's Kitchen, the Lizzie and the, I can't think of her last name, her family or whatever, her yeah. plan, they're going to be coming after Daredevil. So I'm in. Okay. I like Definitely. I'm I'm glad you're caught up. I'm glad you're in. I'm excited. This is going to be a fun list. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is good. This is good. What would you rate it? Um, uh, uh, 3.5 or 4 out of 5? 4 out of 5. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like Zdarsky. He's good. He's yeah. very good. He's been really great. I would have liked to see him on some other properties, too. He would have been great on uh, Fantastic Four. Didn't like, you do Fantastic Four? That won't. Let's not bring up that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next, next up is <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy number thirteen. Yes. And and I mean, damn, this is okay. You know, I like you know I like that superhero level, almost kind of cosmic stuff, and you know I love space, right? Yeah. This is given for you. <laughs> this book is exactly what I've been looking for. Like, yeah. I've done. always get into the Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and I've tried all of their runs in the past, but they would never really click for me because they were basically the MCU versions of yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm not the biggest fan of those characters. Yeah. Uh, and they would try to spice them up somehow and like make it a little better. I'm like, like they'd have. Captain Marvel joined for a bit. Iron Man joined for a bit. Like, they would just have a... Which, I hated that one when they joined. 
it made no sense. But now, <laughs> with this run, it honestly feels like they are the guardians of the galaxy. They are actually a a team, a foundation. There's a, a, there's something there for them to all like protect the galaxy. They are the superheroes of space, and that's what I was it's, looking. For. I'm loving it. <laughs> it like, you know, everybody knows I'm secretly a Ewing fanboy. So it's like, and I've always loved this book. Man, and I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little like wary of how this was gonna go with like the new team and the like, expansion and all these other characters, but like it exceeded all expectations. I have the new artist who came on, he is doing a great job. You know, I was a little upset because I wasn't gonna get my uh Wiccan by Wonka Ball, but this artist definitely is a great villain. Um, and I'm just Star Lord Peter Jason Quill, he was eating. Peter Jason <laughs> Quill. Um, and I love, I love, I love, love, love the way Ewing is doing all the relationships in this book. Like from Moon Dragon to Phyla, um, Peter and Gamora, No and Hercules. Um, now we've got the two Quasars in there, and we see that they can like switch back and forth, and like so they've got to kind of work out how they're going to do that because apparently while one is active, the other still knows what's going on. They're just like in that little black void, which is very depressing. When you it think is about very, it. it's, I, it's very depressing when you stop and think about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought that was a really cool kind of retcon for them, though, the way that you could bring in both Quasars, mm-hmm. um, because I'm sure, like any other kind of thing where there's a mo- there's a mantle to be passed around, there's always going to be someone who likes one character over another one. So it was really, I was wondering how he was going to be able to have both Quasars in this, and you can't have both of them have those uh, the Nega bands because <laughs> that's, that's like. There's only one pair. So yeah. um, I know that previously in the Quasar run, him and Rick Jones used to be able to kind of tap them and switch places. Um, there was this really, really cool moment in um, Operation Galactic Storm where he was fighting, Wonder Man was fighting a Skrull who got hold of the Negabands. They stole them from him and they were swapping and he was like trying to fight them. And every time he would try to punch him, he would switch and be Rick Jones and <laughs> Wonder Man would have to stop. <laughs> Before, like, knocking the dude's head off. (laughs) I just want to say, I really respect how you managed to bring Wonder Man into every conversation. I'm going to bring him. (laughs) (laughs) He's a part of all this stuff. Bring him in. (laughs) Like, it does not matter. It is some way and will you will bring Wonder Man into the conversation. And I really respect that. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, I did. So, I mean, I don't know too much about the Quasars, honestly. So, um, I didn't know that the Rick Jones thing was something that they could do. The first, well, not the first time, but the most recent time I can think of a character doing this is uh, Valkyrie. Uh, she could do it in the Fearless Defenders run that Cullen Bunn had wrote. He had introduced some like female character and they got merged somehow and they could like switch back and forth. Um, again, I think it can get a little messy with the characters, but I do like the way that Ewing is kind of presenting it here, where it's like, no, I am very much alive and awake and I see everything and I know everything. I'm just kind of like sitting in this place and now we got to work out like are we gonna have days where you're mostly out or like what it works i also like the way how we kind of introduced it with phyla telling him she's like we don't need heroes right now we need stealth (laughs) (laughs) and he's like okay i get it (laughs) i gotta go (laughs) and i love that phyla was like wink wink like like, you're trying to be a hero and all that we don't need that (laughs) um i really enjoyed the use 
I mean, we got a little, we didn't get too much of Wiccan and Hulkling in this run. We got like little bits of it. But again, Ewing has written them before during his Avengers run, and it was just nice to have that voice back. I really Wiccan was it. using his powers and, you know, protecting his man. <laughs> <laughs> protecting his man, his space king. That's all he can do. Oh, okay. And so the ending. Mm. Issue. <laughs> so I have never been a big Doom fanboy. But baby, the way <laughs> that he came down out the sky, lightning just jumping down, and he's giving his little monologue, and he's like, oh, you're the king of space, you're the master of the sun, this and that, I don't need all that. He's like, I've only ever been one person, and that's Doom. And he was like, Dr. Doom. And I'm just like, yes. He grabbed a little hope. So- <laughs> I'm a believer. Doom is it. I know people have a hard time getting into the Fantastic Four, but the one thing you can't take from them is, like, they have some good villains and, like, characters over there. And Doom is, like, Doom... (laughs) The great thing about Doom is that, like, you believe his arrogance because he, like, believes in his arrogance. A hundred percent. A hundred fifty percent. And it's, like, fantastic. And I really love... um, Speaking of villains, like I also love the scrolls that were in this book, who where they came upon like the little. We all know I love a murder cult of some sort. Yeah, yeah. And so, and <laughs> yeah. so her like giving her little speech, she was like, you know, we have been wrong. We are going to burn the galaxy down. We're going to like do all this stuff. I'm loving it. I was like, this is exactly what I came for. This is like it's like that. This book is exactly what we came for. I'm here. I love it. You know, the thing that I love about space is. Um, when you're when you take a character into space or they can actually go like kind of cosmic, mm-hmm. they are the limits on what they can do can kind of be really fleshed out. So like someone like Moondragon for me, the things that she's doing in this book, I didn't realize just how powerful she is. Um because she's given. Yeah. Like she is doing everything out here. Yeah. When she was reading that progenitors mine and like i've seen the i think the progenitors are the ones who invented the terrigen crystals for the inhumans i could be wrong and like fact check me on that y'all but like (laughs) i'm almost positive that they're the ones who created the terrigen mist and that's why we were getting it in here where it was like affecting um hulkling because you know isn't he half kree so that's where like that stuff was affecting him i think that Mm -hmm. I think that they are they are that character. So like her being able to like access their minds after they were dead and stuff, I was like, okay, she is. And I love, <laughs> and I love she even made a point to be like that. She was like, yes, it's much harder to read his mind after they're dead. <laughs> She's like, right. but I'm still gonna do it. Like it can still be that. I was like, every and again, Ewing is giving. He, he has very large cast here, but he is giving everybody kind of a moment to speak and show their personality and just like remind you that they're on the page. So that's. Very exciting. I'm. We were missing Hercules this issue, weren't we? We were missing Hercules this, er- we're, this issue. We were missing Hercules. Um, you know who we really were missing in this book? Blue Marvel. Okay. I'm not even gonna lie. Like he could obviously be up there with them. He will be. You know, I feel like Ewing is gonna build to it. You know, he's the only person who really uses Blue Marvel. I feel like he's the only person who actually likes him. So I'm. I'm. I'm gonna tweet him. <laughs> like we're gonna get the ball moving. Well, Marvel's powerful enough where he could exist in space and it could like work, <laughs> you know, and where he's fighting these things, and you could have this science stuff with these people. I think that he would work with them in this mm-hmm. book. And then he also appeared recently in the um Doom series. Doom oh, Hank. 
I mean, I heard the appearance wasn't that great. I heard the book itself wasn't that great, to be honest. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> he was in it. And so it's like, you know, if I can get some Doom Blue Marvel stuff, I'm, I, I'll support it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, five out of five for me. This was wow. my movie, for sure. It's that evening magic. <laughs> you got it. All right, y'all. Uh, oh yeah, that was a really short week. So let's take a break and then we'll come back. Sure. All right. See, now look at you. <laughs> uh, we are back for our panel, another panel this week. And so uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that something very big happened this week. So back in January, Marvel.com launched the Vote X-Men campaign. There were a list of 10 X characters who would, you could vote for, and it was going to be announced that at the Hellfire Gala that's coming up in June, one of those characters were going to be announced as the newest member of a brand new X team that Gene and Scott were starting. Now, if you read X of Swords, you'll know that in the big battle for Otherworld, Gene and Scott were kind of like, we miss being heroes. They got everybody, took them to Otherworld, had a big battle brought him back and said, this is what we need to be doing. This is what the X-Men are. Like, we can have our war nation, we can do all these things, but we still got to help people. And that's where we're coming from. And so over the last week, Marvel has been releasing these little pages from the gala of the characters who lost. And then we finally got the big announcement on Thursday, who won? Miss <laughs> Lorna Day, the daughter of Magneto. <laughs> Hey, I know oh. that's right. My faith. <laughs> uh, how, how did you feel when she Okay, so like I I really had didn't know have I any idea that she actually would have won this this vote. Like oh. <clears throat> when she, she was didn't have a lot of campaigns. No, there weren't a lot of people like, you know, uh campaigning for her on the internet or whatever. So uh or at least on Twitter. Um but Twitter is a very small space, so I wasn't just off of going off of that. I was like, okay, well, she's probably not going to win, mostly right. because I'm so used to Lorna not getting good stuff. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. Well, that's awesome she's in this vote. Like, it would be really dope for her to get out of X Factor and actually, like, doing some stuff. So um, I was really hoping that she was going to win, but I didn't think she would have. Um, but <laughs> when she did... I was like, well, when that first, actually, when that first vote came back and they were like, you know, that update showing she how many. She was in the lead. And she was in the lead. I was like, oh, snap. But then it just really made me realize how much of her fan base just lives outside of Twitter and outside of like, like social media and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So um, I was like, okay, well, well hold on. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she might actually win this thing and she might actually like be on the X-Men for the first time, really. She has been around since the 60s <laughs> basically yeah. and when she was introduced as like magneto's daughter um she said she was kind of like be with the x-men but right away she just went off with havoc and they because havoc mm -hmm. didn't want to be a an x-men member and yeah. she wanted to be with him <laughs> so she i know it's always for a man she a dummy like me. 
<laughs> so I get it. And um, she, so she was off with him, and then right out, literally right after that, she was, you know, uh, brainwashed and mind controlled, and that's pretty much been the kind of thing she's been with ever since. <laughs> if she wasn't mind controlled, she was with X Factor. Um, and when she wasn't with X Factor, she was basically like off in limbo. So I've been really excited to see that she's going to be able to, to have these other interactions with characters <laughs> that's who she has for. And actually okay. an X-Men member. Okay. And so then outside of Lorna winning, which was revealed on Thursday, on Friday, we got wind of who the actual team was team is. So in July, Jerry Dugan and Pepe Larraz are going to be launching X-Men number one, and it's going to have the full team again. Gene and Scott are leading it. Polaris has won the vote, so she is also a part of the team. And then we've got the rest of the roster. It consists of Sunfire, Sync, Rogue, and Wolverine. Laura Kenny Wolverine, not Logan Wolverine. Yes, yes. yes. So (laughs) (laughs) what did you think about the full, like, cast? So I... I like the entire cast. I had no idea of like who they were going to fill the roster with because it seemed as though a lot of the, uh, the characters who who are technically leaving books and going to this book, they weren't really doing anything in the books that they were in. So like mm-hmm. outside of them, everyone else seemed like their role was kind of like defined. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't really think of anyone else to really join <laughs> the to really join the book. Um so I was really up for anybody. I thought that there would be a little, a few more, like new X Men on the team. I was expecting Surge. Surge. That's what I was exactly what I was gonna say. I was expecting Surge. Um, I wasn't really expecting Hellion. I was expecting Surge or Mercury, really. Okay. Um, yeah, Surge, Surge definitely seems like the one who's a little bit of a good choice. She has led her own X-Team. Um, she's like one of Cyclops' favorites. She's like kind of his little protege. They have a ton of moments together. She's proving herself. She's got the power. She's got the offense. She's got the defense. She's got super speed. She's electric. She's, she's a she should have been there. Yeah. She, maybe that's why Scott was probably threatened. <laughs> probably. She or maybe Jean was threatened, actually. One of them was definitely threatened <laughs> by Serge. <laughs> and that's why she didn't make the team. Um, I think this team, from a marketing standpoint, is amazing. I think you have a really good balance of well-known A-listers like Jean, Rogue, Scott. Um, even Laura, I guess you can make the argument for her, is Wolverine. She's very well-known. Then you kind of have Sync, who's a Generation X member who has been dead for years, but he just had a really good showing in that most recent X-Men issue where they were fighting the children of the ball, and he's a character who a lot of people have been wanting to see come back. You have Polaris in it, who has a lot of history in the X-Men, but like you said, she hasn't interacted with too many of these characters, but she's somebody that people will know. Sunfire is, again, kind of in that same boat. I think this cast is at a space where it feels familiar, but it's still fresh enough that these people don't interact with each other very often that it feels different and it feels new. And it's something that you can be excited to see. Personally. Uh-oh. <clears throat> this is where we go get into it. <laughs> you know, personally. No, um, the cast is fine. Like, I think all the characters are fine. <laughs> would it have been my, I, I would have liked um, one mutant who has, like, a physical mutation. 
just because I feel like that would have really just been a nice little touch, especially for this Krakoan era, which is supposed to be all about mutant and embracing yourself and like doing all these things. Toad definitely deserved. He should have been the one. Um, so I would have liked to see that. <laughs> no, he's Mac Mill's right hand man. He's got the left strength. He's actually smart. He knows his science and his technology. He's a, he's yes, he knows like advanced technology, Mortimer, and science and mechan- and he's a mechanic. Get into it. Get into Mortimer Tonby. I think that's how you say his last name. I think it is. How you say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's he's led his own version of the Brotherhood. Toad Toad definitely deserves. He is that guy. Okay. He, he okay, y'all gonna have to y'all gonna have to let me know if y'all agree or disagree with that one. <laughs> um, I also would like um the losers of the book. Mm-hmm. I think it would be good to see them in their own little issues. The of the pages that Marvel was releasing, the one where Lorna was announced as the winner, and then we saw Banshee kind of going to get the rest of the team drinks and like they were just having a party. I would read all these characters together: Tempo, Sunspot, Cannonball, Boom Boom, Strong Guy, Not Armor, Maybe Marrow. I'd read Marrow. No, okay, I'm, Armor I'm not gonna lie though. You just named off that list of characters, and I'd really only be there for. Uh, tempo and sunspot. <laughs> you don't like Banshee? No. He's classic. He's classic no. X Men. <laughs> no. No. So I so you know Banshee came in second place, and um I know a lot of people were actually like really shocked that he was getting so many votes. But what I've come to realize is that a lot of people who were voting for Banshee, they felt as though that was going to be the quickest way to get to Mora. Oh, okay. I didn't even think about that. That's a good, that's a good plot point. I know, to bring, that's I for sure. I, a lot of people who have been seeing Banshee, every time they see Banshee, it's kind of saying, "Oh, is he gonna talk about Moira? <laughs> Are we finally <laughs> gonna start?" <laughs> <laughs> which makes me feel a little bad for Banshee because it's like, I don't know what know what's going on with him. I think he's another one also, even if he had one though, he would be in a similar space to Lorna where he's been around a lot of these characters before. He knows all these people. He has the relationships, but he's also been dead for so long. So much has changed. So it would have been nice to kind of see his perception and like how he goes about it, especially with Sync. Because he, um, Banshee was like in charge of Generation X. Wasn't he with Emma? They oversaw them. They were like the headmasters. Oh, I didn't read that. I, you know, I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, they're not that great. I, I'm not. I, I tell you, of all of all the kids' teams, Generation X is definitely like at the bottom for me. I like Monet. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, which makes me say, which I'm, reminds me, I'm very glad Huss was not on this team because there were a lot of rumors going around, some fan theories that she was going to make it, and that is, I don't dislike too many X characters. I'm apathetic to a lot. Um, Armor and Huss. I do not like them. And well, Dominic. I like armor. I do not. <laughs> I like no. armor. Nah, I don't know. Her, 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 little, her little Hellfire Gala outfit was cute, though. I'll give that to her. Very yeah. Donna Troy-like. Very yeah. Donna was... Troy of the Amazon. The sparkles, the black, a little bit of armor. She was she was trying to pay homage. I was, I'll give it to her. She looked <laughs> good, but I, like I do not need her. No. Domino. Now, Domino. Um, I don't. On my list, Domino, Marrow, Jubilee, the three of them are on my list. I, I like them. No, it's so there's there's only six X characters who I like genuinely like do not enjoy reading about, and it is Husk, Armor, and Domino for the ladies, and then Warren, mm-hmm. Beast, 
<laughs> and um, multiple man for the guys. Do not care about them. Do not like them. But that's it. I don't, I don't mind. There's a lot of multiple man. Um, what's Phantom X is the is one of my characters I do not like reading about with the X Men. I like Phantom like oh, X. No gosh. He's, <laughs> but, um, he's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Couldn't do without that. But uh, Tempo would have been nice on this team. I'm, I'm, I'm I, I am kind of sad that she didn't make it. I think she would have been nice and really interesting. It's, it's there is always it's like, an it's an annual vote. So every year, I wonder how they're gonna do it. I wonder if they'll put maybe like the second and third place runner-ups. They'll get to be on the list again at the chance to be chosen, or if it'll just be a completely new group of ten X-Men. That means everyone needs to start campaigning now for who you want to be on the list next year. Guarantee, Bedlam Watch has started. Who? <laughs> Bedlam. Bedlam. <laughs> Jesse Bedlam. Ruckus. Threnody and Wicked. One of those ain't even a mutant. Who? Did you say Wiccan? No, Wicked. Wicked. Oh, I thought you said Wiccan. Wiccan too, though. Wiccan, because if we get the right, if we get Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver back as Magneto's kids and they become mutants again, Wiccan will also become a mutant again. So, hmm, hmm. We got a year. (laughs) We do. We do. We got a year. I, I feel like with these current characters right now that are on the team, I'm excited for a lot of their interactions. Um, like. Sync is like a character I've not had any experience with. I don't really like the Generation X kids or that like he died anyway, so he wasn't. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, See he, where like, they go. he um he jumps on a bomb? Mm. I think. Or was that in the that was in the House of Inversion. But no, I feel like he died in an explosion, I wanna say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I and is this the first time he's been back since? Yes. Like oh since, wow! Like this, this is like so when they um I don't know if you remember from one of the earlier X Men issues where they had the data page talking about him being resurrected and how he was having a really hard time adjusting because everybody had like grown up and they had moved on and he was like I died when I knew these people when they were like thirteen <laughs> <laughs> yeah and now here they are in their twenties and stuff and they've experienced all these things and gone through all these wars with the X Men I have no relation to that whatsoever. But he's also now in a different spot because he was in the vault with Laura and Darwin and he spent over a thousand years in there. Right. And so of that group, he's the only one who actually remembers anything. So I'm I'm interested to see if they go up with the kind of he is an old man in a young man's body type of story for him now. Mm. Because he has experienced like this really long big life so how are they going to do that and again now you're also going to have the dynamic of him and wolverine because he's in love with her and she don't remember anything about him right (laughs) (laughs) she's going to be looking at him like why are you staring at me (laughs) like legit like what are you looking at um so that'll be interesting it is also going to be interesting to see how he works with rogue i know a lot of people were kind of upset saying they felt as though they were redundant on the team together i'm one of the people i personally do not care how many people on the team have the same power okay you're not not one that's like you know we need a this or that and we got to have a this If I have a team of six and all six are telepaths, I'm perfectly okay with that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's a powerful because, team. <laughs> because I think for me, it's just all about, it's going to be all about how you use the character. And I think it gives the writers a chance to really flex their creativity because you have to say, yes, all these characters have the same ability. How am I going to use them differently? How am I going to use them in conjunction? I think even um, during the uh, Uncanny X-Men Disassemble arc, where Jean and Betsy were like using their uh, psychic abilities together. Everybody was so into that. And Jean was like, okay, I'm gonna boost you so you can do this, or we're gonna work together to do this. So I was, it's gonna be interesting to see how Rogue and Sync work together, especially because their absorption abilities don't really work the same. Rogue has a bit of a mental capa uh, capacity with hers because she takes your memories and things like that. Sync gets everybody's powers but he also can use them better than anybody else so what's mm -hmm. going to happen like when she touches him or he touches her like i'm interested to see all of that and his powers are he just gets your powers right like he doesn't get gain your memories or anything like that he just gains your abilities whoever he's just, in, in he sync with yeah and so but the thing is that is that he can use them better than the characters. so when he synced with chamber before he was using chamber's powers to fly and Chamber was like, how are you doing that? Oh. <laughs> that had to be embarrassing. <laughs> uh, so Jane was like, yeah, I can't even do that. So it, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how this kind of goes and what right. they do. It'll also just be interesting to see Gene and Scott interact with different people for change. Yeah, yeah. And mm. on Rogue's powers, though, doesn't she have like an area of effect kind of thing? I don't know what's going on. Will Rose Powers. Like, don't ask me. <laughs> yeah. I no idea. I don't know either. You know what? No. That's just... Every, it's like... so, the, And this is the problem I kind of feel with Rogue sometimes is that we keep going back and forth with the situation of, like, can she control her abilities versus can she not control her abilities? And then I know, like you said, Kelly Sue kind of gave her this area effect thing where she didn't necessarily have to touch you to take your powers. If you were close enough, she would kind of absorb it. I don't know if that's also still going on. But again, this is also just a greater issue with Excalibur and that characters that don't use their powers at all. But even so, I think about Excalibur and at the beginning, Rogue was talking about she had on the bracelet because she couldn't touch somebody. But it's right. not the case anymore. But then she did need it by the end of the arc after her Apocalypse did whatever he did with her in that Krakoan gate. And so she had control again. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Rose Power. And she's flying around still, right? Can she fly? Does she fly? Every pose she has, she's always flying, it looks like. So I just assume that she's flying. I don't know, I don't know what's going on with Rose Powers. I hopefully that's like something that ends up being cleared up and kind of fixed in in this X-Men run. Maybe through yeah. the lens of her versus Sync, where we kind of actually see more definition of what her powers are right now and and where they're going to take them, because I think... I mean, Jerry, Jerry writes a really good rogue. He wrote yeah, before. Yeah, that's very true. Even. He writes a really good rogue. So I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that she get, got on it. It honestly kind of made me start to just think about the Xbox as a whole, and if there's going to be a shake-up after the Hellfire Gala. Because there was no... You know, I, I personally didn't have any type of inclination that Rogue was going to join the team. Even when Jerry uh, posted that picture from Uncanny Avengers and everybody was like, oh, Rogue's on the team. I was still like, why would she be on the team? <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, like, me too. I was genuinely just like, I felt as though he was posting it as kind of a showing of like his goodwill and like the time of when he was writing her in Uncanny Avengers. I didn't think it was anything else, but she made it. So, and I thought it was also just like it was an, a, a cool looking shot, and it was just oh, like looking over it was at like the, the vastness. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, um, I hope there's a shake up because I personally do not want to read about Betsy with just Jubilee Gambit and Richter. Oh no, that sounds awful. <laughs> like not. Sorry, that just that sounds. 
not at all. Like Rogue, Rogue is actually like sometimes a likable character, and mm-hmm. so you get her and Betsy together. Like she's running around screaming after Betsy, so it's just like okay, she's like doing what she's supposed to be doing. Gambit does nothing. Richter is actually the most annoying character in the book, and Jubilee also does nothing. So they need to go. I'm hoping for cash shakeups all around. That's probably what's going to happen, you know, with uh, Lorna leaving X-Factor, that leaves a space for her, for someone else to kind of be in that book. I also wonder if this is the full lineup. Mm, you think Do you, you might think, have more? I think there may be, isn't there always like, you know, a wild like, card, you, something? You get like an extra two members or something right. by the end of the first arc. Yeah, I can Yeah, that. You know what I mean? That, Surge, if Surge comes through, I'll allow it. Um, but i don't know it would be i so i I remember when i read the press release it did say something in there about how in the issues every member would be getting their own spotlight issue to be like the premier mutant of the team so i'm I'm wondering if this is going to be a fixed series if it's going to be an ongoing are we only going to have like 12 issues If, if the if the vote is annual and we do it every year are we just going to have 12 issues of x-men every year with these like specific one-off teams are scott and gino is going to do team it started a whole new conversation for me i'm excited though. i do we need scott and gene to lead the team every time no or like oversee it isn't this kind of so, like their thing Hasn't they, weren't they like the I, first x-men so it makes sense for them to I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't mind. Technically, Sage was the first X-Men. Right? Oh, yeah. The yeah, right. Six. Let's talk right. about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I get it for this one again. It's This is direct fallout from X of Swords. Shout out to X of Swords for, for moving the, the line forward. <laughs> um, it did something. You know, it, 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 this is what they want to do to kind of be heroes. So I guess, yes, I could see them continuing to be in charge for that reason but at the same time what will be the end story reason of like switching around the entire team or will the entire team not be switched around will we just lose the person who won the vote could be so i don't know we'll see like like do you expect like sunfire to stay around or do you think he's going to say you know i'm not with this shit no more and i'm gonna leave i was about to say sunfire is strange because he's always been so nationalistic He's mm-hmm. such been such a nationalist, and um, his loyalty has always been to Japan. Right. So here he is on Krakoa, but he just had that really cool moment with Fabian Cortez over in Sword. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. Obviously, he has a new costume, but Sunfire has also been through a lot. Like he was kidnapped by Apocalypse. He's been a horseman. He's kind of been like the nicest guy. He's been an Avenger also. Ooh, a lot of X Men have been Avengers. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah that's actually i've always felt like that i feel like i feel like now at this point the whole avengers vs x-men thing is like it's beating a dead horse <laughs> it should have been put to bed after abx like it's and it, honestly you kind of get to it because the characters that just have so much history together there's not really a point anymore where they should not get along <laughs> <laughs> right like exactly it just doesn't really make a lot of sense there. But I don't know. We'll see. I think with some player on the team, you think he feels a way about Rogue? I think Granted, they, he he told her to absorb him. 
but I wonder if there will be any kind of like, or maybe they'll be friends because like he lived in her head for so long. I was. I think that I think they got over. I think they dealt with it in Uncanny. I haven't uh, read Uncanny Adventures in a very long time, but I feel like they did something. Even she had a solo series at one point in time, and I feel like something might have happened there with them. But mm. that solo series also wasn't that great, so. Mm. Or so I've heard. I didn't read it. <laughs> uh, you know, I I will say, um, Lorna's new costume. Mm-hmm. Like it. I would love it if it were shorts instead of a skirt. Okay. If they made them into like some booty shorts or something instead mm-hmm. of a skirt, I would some actually. Hot pants. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm hello, X- hello X Men shorts. <laughs> it's cute. How, are you excited to see her interacting with Jean? They're supposed to be like sisters, aren't they? No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like they have this relationship of being sisters that's been forced on them, but I don't feel as though that they actually are like this like best friend kind of thing. They haven't re- they've never really been around each other. <laughs> like they have just dated brothers. The yeah. yeah. You know. Okay. But Lorna like that's her ex. That's not even like her <laughs> boyfriend anymore, so Mm, that is true. That is very so, true. But okay. she has she has little ties to Jean like they I think that like they're similar but different. They both they both clearly are on the X-Men, meaning they're both a heroes, right? Mm-hmm. They both have that hero kind of mentality. But I think that they approach things differently where Jean approaches things with compassion first and is is kind of a martyr. Lorna is Lorna is a lot more about the action and willing to like you know buck up and be like one to do something I may not I I may not have liked X Factor like I dropped it after I think issue 5 or something like that but there were moments in it where she at least the few times she was on panel she would at least say like I can do this like, like, <laughs> like I've got, like I got the power. Move out of the way. I could, like, let's just do this. <laughs> okay. okay. You know I mean, like, she's she's a lot more um, assertive than okay. Jean. Are you hopeful that she gets like? Or do you want to see her interacting with anyone particular on this team? Do you kind of want to see her? It is, or is just a chance to broaden her horizons and get her out there with even more characters? Honestly, there isn't anyone particularly that I want her to interact with on this team. Um, <clears throat> Um, I know that her and Laura had some interactions before. She's actually, honestly, again, like she's interacted with, a little bit with everybody, or at least in passing. I know her. Like, I same. remember her. I remember her and Rogue um, were on the team together during like the Milligan era. Oh yeah. And I remember that, but I don't. I don't necessarily remember them being like close. Or right. Aside from a high then, five. She was, she was still like kind of still with Magneto at that time, like. Mm. Um, I mean, Lorna, not Rogue. <laughs> and so she wasn't really with the X-Men. I don't know. I feel like there, are, there aren't too many that I'm super excited for her to interact with. Mm-hmm. As much as I'm excited to see her personality, like, compared to the people around her more uh, versus okay. the things that she's been around in before. So these mm-hmm. people are going to be new. So you'll see how... Lorna views something in comparison to Jean or Cyclops or Rogue 
for like the first time <laughs> and i'm excited i'm excited for that okay i can respect that that's um do you, do you feel like oh go ahead no 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 go for it do you feel like like there have been a conversations before about when you build an avengers team that you have mm-hmm. to have like if you have at least two to three members of the original team, you could fill it with whoever because it'll still feel like the Avengers. Do you think that that is something that's with the X Men? Yes. Like, do you think there are specific members that sort of have to be on the team for it to feel like an X Men team? Yes. <laughs> um, and that's very strange to say because the X Men are so big. And especially now, again, when you have the island. And so this is kind of what I think, like, I'm going to be perfectly real and honest about the vote and all of that stuff. I know a lot of people were upset that some of their lesser known faves didn't make it. But like you said, like, Twitter is actually very small. And it's a little bit of an echo chamber. And so I don't think, even though those campaigns were amazing, and they did, shout out, first of all, shout out to Aurora's Wind on Twitter, who was, like, leading the charge for the Time for Tempo campaign and creating all these, like, dope posters. Like, I was all about it, because, again, I voted for Tempo. Um, But when you start to think about, like, people who read comics as a whole and, like, a larger group, not everybody is on Twitter. Like, you can go into something like CVR. And there will be so many posters who talk about how they do not use Twitter at all and they don't know anything about how it works. And <laughs> But those are the people who voted for like Banshee and Polaris and Sunfire and stuff like that. And so yeah. when you kind of get to it, especially when a lot of these characters have been villains for so long and X-Fans kind of sometimes have problems with change. <laughs> and so even, <laughs> <laughs> even though you're looking at this this new era and these characters getting the second chance a lot of people still look at them as like villains it was again even as there were tons of people who were like oh we needed a villain on this team nobody's a villain anymore like none of the villains are mutants i mean some of them but they're not (laughs) you know what i'm saying um and so again that's why i say this team is very well balanced i it a lot of people are saying it's safe but it's it's what you would put out it makes sense It's, it's familiar. New. It's new. It's it's familiar, but it's still new. No one like Mera was not gonna make it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No shade to Meryl, because I enjoy Meryl sometimes. You know, I really liked her in Sparious X Force. I liked the times where she was on the X Men beforehand and she was like making uh Shadowcat's life a living hell. She threw like a dead rat in her bed. I'm always gonna support that. Yeah. <laughs> um but I'm also very, even me, I talk about Jesse Bedlam all the time. I'm very realistic about Jesse Bedlam standing in the X world. <laughs> and if he ever gets <laughs> it, it's going to be by a miracle. That's why my favorite character is Betsy. She's always going to be around. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And I said this to somebody else before. I was like, I feel like, especially in the X world, you all, we all have our D through Z list characters that we love or that we like trying champion for. But we also have our real fave mm. who is one of the big guns. And when you think about who your real fave is, <laughs> when you think about who your real fave is, those are the people who you think of as the X-Men. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and if you don't have one of those people on your team, at least you're not going to feel fully like the X-Men. It's going to feel like an X-Force or an X-Factor or some type of splinter book. No, you want a Jean, a Scott, a Storm, a Betsy, a Rogue, even a Gambit. 
a Colossus or a Nightcrawler. Like, you need a Magneto. You need somebody like that on your team to really kind of, like, drive that, like, these are the X-Men. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that certain characters have definitely crossed over into that threshold where they have to kind of be on the teams to make it feel like that. And Scott and Jean are there, <laughs> you know? For sure. So I felt like they probably will always kind of be the ones to headline this thing and kind of pick their own team or whatever. I do wonder what this does for the rest of Krakoa. I feel like that's actually the thing that's been missing the most for me from these X books um, mm-hmm. as a whole, you know, uh, they're starting to look a little better now that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're starting to look a little better. We're getting there. We're getting there. But I feel like, I feel like we're missing like Krakoa or like learning more about like the life of like the things that are going on in Krakoa. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that we at least start to get a little bit more of that. It would be nice to get a little bit more character interaction. I do feel like a lot of stuff that we've gotten has kind of been tell, don't show. Mm-hmm. And they're telling us that these people feel a certain way. And like certain books do it a little bit better than others where we actually do get a lot of really good character beats and moments and kind of delve into people's feelings about how they're feeling about the island or whatever. But as a whole, there's a lot of missed opportunities. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see a little bit more of of Krakoa, and I hope that we see how maybe we'll see it with this X book. Like we'll see how the X Men are out there being superheroes. I want to know who they're fighting. It looks yeah. like flying monkeys with <laughs> with, with guns, guns. <laughs> and velociraptors and stuff or whatever. I'm, I'm down. Cool. Giant I'm robots. Fine. You know I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for this. I think this is gonna be a really fun era. All new interactions with characters and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it's gonna be great. It's gonna be dope. I'm ready. X Men. Oh, oh Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like the open is the X, right? Is it? This is I the X. This is, yeah. this is Wakanda. This is Wakanda. Right. This is the open. X. So Storm does them both. She well, shouldn't. Maybe she not anymore. Both. I don't think she's allowed on Wakanda anymore. But um. I will say, though, it's time for her to just go solo. Like, she deserves a solo book at this point to, like, drive home more of her own, like, history and stuff. Now that she has a place on the Quiet Council, she'll always be connected to the X-Men and, like, the Krakoa or whatever. Now it's time for her to just go off and do her own thing and, like, let her go just go be Storm. In a solo book. In a solo, Yeah. Okay. You don't agree? <laughs> <laughs> How much do you think they could do that in an arc or something? I mean, if you think it's a solo, I mean, yeah. Give her a, <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> I love Storm, so I'm never going to try and take anything away from her. <laughs> you don't think she can have a solo? She had one before. <laughs> <laughs> right. She had a book? Yeah, I think that she could... At this point, like, what else are they going to do? I don't know. They keep saying something's coming. Though. That's what I mean. So I think she, left, oh, no, she leaves Marauders in the issue that comes out in May, I think. Oh. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll know what's happening after that. Hmm. Don't find out. Tune in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, well, that was our panel. You know, we're going to talk about the X-Men real quick. It's always a good time to talk about the mutants. Always. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's take another little break.
<laughs> um, all right, so we had the reread of the week. Yes. Justice League of America and the Teen Titans, the Technus Imperative. Now, this is just like a very small... So it's small, but it's long. It's only three issues, but the three issues are very long. And so I think this is something that we kind of faced when we read um, Crisis the last time. And yes. we talked about how, like, wordy old comic books are. <laughs> <laughs> or older comic books. And I've just kind of realized now that not only are older comic books wordy, but DC comics in general tend to be a little bit wordy. Mm. And this was no exception to the rule. However... No, I will say that despite there being a lot of words, there's still a lot of action that goes against all the talking. And because it's only three issues, we get to it fairly quickly. So the big uh, bad of this uh, crossover is actually Cyborg. He's kind of like been taken over by this extraterrestrial alien type of thing. He's merged with this planet. So he has kidnapped all of the Titans. He's doing this unknowingly, but he's kidnapped all the Titans, past, present, future, well, not few. well, yeah, there was like two people who like weren't really Titans, but they might be one day. And then we got like Young Justice appearing um, to come be on this island with him just so he won't be alone because he's lonely. And so the Justice League and the Titans come to blows. What I will say about this, I think this is a hero versus hero event done well. And I will say that because I think a lot of times when you have hero versus hero events, it causes one of the groups to become just completely irrational and act completely out of character for no reason. I think this is one of the few where all of the characters kind of knew that they didn't have to fight or that they didn't really need to fight. They were only doing it because it's basically assumed that that's what they should do. They even say it. They're like, well, we don't agree, so I guess we've got to fight. Like, every time someone comes up to jump somebody, they're like, we don't need to do this. And they're just like, but you don't want what I want to do. So <laughs> right. it's just like, what else are we supposed to do? Um, but even so, throughout the fights, you get a lot of little character moments that either build on relationships that have already been there or can give some type of hint to something that might happen in the future, which I thought was extremely well done. And it's and they're very small. It may only be a few panels. There's uh, one in particular that I always think about where Wonder Woman and Donna Troy are kind of together and she's wrapped up in Donna's lasso. And Donna's like, what truth do you want from me? She's like, I don't want to fight you. She's like, all I want to do is help my friend. And Diana's like, okay. And she lets her go. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's, just like, and it's just like, yeah, like, that's really how it should be. Like, I trust you enough and I trust your opinion of what you're doing. And even like Batman, him and uh, Nightwing are arguing the ethics of what they're trying to do to Cyborg. Because, of course, the Justice League is like, we got to kill him. We got to destroy the mainframe. He is actually causing all of these natural disasters all over the world. We think he's gone. There's no evidence that he's still in there. But the Titans are like, no, this is our friend. Let us try. Let us do it. And so while they're going back and forth and all these people are fighting, once it gets to a point where they get to where Cyborg is, Batman's like, all right, stop. Like, you guys provided a distraction. We kind of got to the point where we need to be. Let's actually go do the work that we need to go do. And so all the heroes start teaming up to go just start, stop the disasters all over the world. And I think, again, that's something that was really well done. And it's different from a lot of events that we have these days. I think of something like Civil War Two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think of something like Civil War Two, where you have all of these characters <laughs> who are together and they're a part of this team and they're doing all this stuff, but no one really talks to each other or 
you just don't really know anything or they or you don't see anything different i think here we get all of these characters and anytime we see them together like everyone's talking everyone's saying something everyone's like doing something to show that like i'm here and you start to see a bunch of people who again have never interacted before interact like when's the next time you're going to see um big barda and rose wilson together you know what i'm saying like when's the next time you're gonna see big barda Ooh, don't do that not even that it wasn't shade on her. I mean, like for me, reading this, like and seeing all these character interactions, I I kind of jumped in with DC like during the Jeff Johns era of Titans and stuff. So it was that was well after this. So yeah. a lot of these characters were all like new to me, and oh. <laughs> I was like, where they all go? <laughs> I bet, and that's what I mean. Like you have Barda interact, and she's like on the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Why are we? Where is that kind of stuff going on now? Now it's all Batman. <laughs> and so, and, and I think that was the other thing that I really had a lot of fun with going back in this event, like seeing that different iteration of the Justice League, or just like seeing all these different leaguers together. Even so, there's a part in the um, issue two when the Titans and the League are fighting. Young Justice basically comes to um, help the titans because tim drake has been like an ally of the titans before so once like they start fighting cyborg sends these paws out to go find anyone to help the titans fight the justice league they get robin so superboy and the rest of young justice kind of follow suit but at the same time black canary shows up with a bunch of uh reserve league members as well and again it's just like like you said where are all these characters at (laughs) (laughs) what are they doing like there were so many characters i was like and I, you know, I am a like superpower nerd. So like anything where anything where they're showing like a breakdown of what anyone can do, <laughs> I'm all for it. And yeah. they, we got a lot of this where every character was introduced that you saw specifically like, you know, a little page or a little panel of what they could do and like what team they're affiliated with. So for someone like me coming into this, not knowing any of these characters um, that well, well outside, of, outside of the ones that, you know, did kind of are still used today. Yeah. Um, it was really, really helpful for me because I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is what they can do. This is what I should be expecting from them in this. And again, those character interactions that they showed between the characters hit still, even though I didn't have any experience with them before, I knew that, okay, this is who they were supposed to be. Yeah. And I think that was, again, something that was very well done. The event is done by Devin Grayson and Phil Jimenez. Um they, I think they co-plotted it together, and then he, Phil, draws everything, and Phil's art is amazing. Like, artist. one of the best in the biz, like an icon, a legend, he's the moment, he's got everything, nothing but praise here, and he draws everybody fantastically. The actions were very well done. Um, the emotional parts hit, like you feel the things that are sad, like when the heroes kind of finally win, like you feel that excitement, because of course, we end up, they manage to free Cyborg, and they end up funneling his consciousness into this machine, and he gets, like, this brand new gold form. Yeah, what but is that? <laughs> what the hell is that? It didn't last very long. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even worry about it. But one of the big things that happened as a result of this event is that we get the Titans to reform, but we get it with the original five Titans, which at the time we hadn't had in a very long time. And oh. so... They kind of like come together to save Cyborg, and then after that, they're like, you know, the world needs Titans, so they each pick a former Titan to come be on the new league. I mean, to be on the new team with them. And so we get Roy picks 
I don't actually remember who everybody picked. But Argent comes in. I remember Jesse Quick comes in. Iconic. Um, I, think, I think I might be a fan of Argent. I need to do oh, everything more of her. I knew, I knew you would. I felt like I felt she's very <laughs> up your alley. She's very yeah. up your alley. Like I absolutely see that for you. Um, she was dope. She's actually one of like my favorite Titans. Oh really? Okay. Well yeah, then, yeah. you recommend me some stuff because I think yeah. I want to read more of her. I mean the run, the runs, the first run she did as a Titan honestly ain't that great. But um, (laughs) you know, it's it's like fine. And then even the run that comes after this with all the other new Titans on it, um, they're all it's it's like fine also. But she's a really dope character. Uh, Oh, Damage got picked. Damage is was a part of John's JSA, um, as well. So it was it was fun to go back and see him before he was that version of Damage. Um, seeing Garth be the one to go and get him and like how they had the kind of moment and Damage is like, where are we going? He's like, you can swim, right? Because we're going through the water. Um, <laughs> and so that was fun. It, it, I have a lot of fun with this. I've actually read this a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And it's, I wouldn't say it's like a top 10 event for me, but it's always something I know I can go in and I'm going to have a good time with it. Again, you get a little bit of everything you want. You get the fights. You get the hero versus hero, which always looks very good for things like movies and TV shows and stuff like that. But then again, once the heroes start working together, it becomes even more satisfying. Yeah, I thought that this was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't think it was that great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, so it's not like something that I was like, I didn't walk away from it thinking like, oh my gosh, this was some great event. Like mm-hmm. I need to add this to my list or whatever. But like it was, it was cool. I liked the art. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the layouts in issue one, like the panels and stuff kind of seemed a little too sporadic for me versus issue two and three, where it felt more like uh, you were weaving into, into the scene and fluid. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I felt like this would make a really great, like animated movie for sure. Oh, yeah. This would make a really cool animated movie. 100%. If they were, if they were to ever wanting to like pull from something like this, Plot with Cyborg like unknowingly taking over the world <laughs> basically. He's the it's, one. It's a cool plot. I also appreciated this. Just Cyborg doesn't get a lot, mm. and we know that. And I think this is one of those things. Even though he's technically the quote unquote villain of the story, it's a nice little deep dive into his character. Yeah. And and it, it was nice. And, and it was a really nice deep dive, not only into his character but his relationship to the other characters like how he interact like how the rest of the titans kind of like fought for him and i think you read john's titans run yes yeah cyborg was very much like the heart of the team he mm-hmm. was the lead like he had in it when you think about uh cyborg's history that growth that he had from when he first joined to becoming that leader going back and reading this it really hits home because like he truly has gone through a lot he truly has like he sees the titans as his family which is like nah think about it it's really sad that he doesn't have that history i know i've said before that we don't need to go back to him having the history with the titans but it is also still kind of sad that he doesn't have it anymore because i think i wish he still did because he doesn't have that family aspect and this was something that really showed that it's like outside of nightwing cyborg is probably like the titan in my opinion yeah 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 um and it was just really great that he kind of got that spotlight and we got to get a little bit more into him. And he got a big event. Like you said, if this is going to be a movie, it's a cyborg movie. 
It's a cyborg movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why I like this one so much. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a cyborg movie. <laughs> it's a cyborg movie starring the entire DC universe. And like it's vast. And you and you see a little everybody's bit. in it. Everybody. Zario's in it. When the last time we seen Zario? I ain't never seen him. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never seen him. This is my first time. I was you like, know, who is even, and who is even this supergirl with like fire wings and fire oh, vision? Danvers? You don't know Linda Danvers? The Matrix? No. <laughs> with, the, with the flame vision and her flame wings. Let me tell you, I used to love me some Linda Danvers. Okay. She's a, she's actually very convoluted and it's very messy the entire time. <laughs> but the flame vision and the wings be given. With the skirts in the blue. It was hot. It was hot. I was like, I was like, it's what hot. is this character? It's hot. And, um, I felt like there were a lot of like, I wonder if there were character surprises for people who were hadn't seen characters in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus me, who was going back and reading this, I wondered at the <laughs> time where there were people who were like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen like Argent in forever or yeah, or no, Jota, that fire guy. Yeah, but who who's now changed his name to Hot Spot? It actually um. He died in Heroes in Crisis, though. Oh. I, don't, I actually don't know what happened to Heroes in Crisis. Yeah, so he was one of, like, the heroes who was in that sanctuary sanctuary when it got, like, attacked or whatever. So I'm pretty sure he was one of the ones that died. Um, but I also didn't finish Heroes in Crisis, so I don't know if, like, everybody came back or something like that. Mm. I didn't so. hear the great things about that, but I'm going to read it for myself one day. Have fun. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> We should do a reread of that one day. Ooh, sure. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Um, yeah, so but his name's Hotspot now. Um, they're fine. He's also fine. He, he's in the run of Titans with Argent. So it was like this weird... I'm not even going to tell you about it. it was, I'll let you read it yourself. Uh, <laughs> Raven was interesting in this. Um, I feel like the animated series has really, like, changed people's perceptions of a lot of these characters. They think she's where... a character, and she's not. <laughs> she they think she's she... a lot more powerful than she is, than than what she was giving in this, outside of teleporting. Raven's, like, history as a titan has been to be the bus. She teleports people. <laughs> and when, like, she did use her powers, she would, like, pat, like, she was weak. Like, they would either overpower her, she didn't want to go full force because she would let Trigon out, or she would pass out. Mm. And it was just kind of like, which I like this girl for. The cartoon definitely changed the way everybody looks at her. Lilith, Omen, she's that girl. <laughs> she's something. She's, she's that girl. Omen is Lilith genius. and her. So she didn't used to be. Oh. She was had something else going because she's giving Jean every time I see her. She was a, she was a go she, she's a go go dancer. Jean could never. <laughs> she could never complete with Lil Clay. Okay, like we, we, won't even, we won't even start that. She could never. Um, Lilith is my girl. Okay, let me tell you, Donna, Donna and Lilith, those are my girls. I don't think it's Lilith in the Titan show actually. That would be oh. epic. You know, I'm I sorry, really, really, really want to watch that, and maybe I will one day. It's so good. Because, you know, Starfire's so my girl, but, like... And is the off of Starfire? Uh, she's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Everything. Right? But something about that show... <laughs> it gives... So, okay. 
I'm sorry. So, when, so, when, so when, I used to feel the same way, especially when that first preview came out and they showed like Robin like shooting people or cracking somebody's necks. I was like, what the hell is this? I was like, this is not gonna look good. But I don't know. I just sat back. I watched, I sat back and when the second season was out, I was like, how did the show get a second season? I was like, so let me actually go back and watch it. <laughs> and I love it. Like, really? the action is so good. All the fight scenes are amazing. The character, it's a very different take on the Titans. It's a very, like, real-world dark take on the Titans. And I think a lot of people, again, we've been kind of, like, with the animated series and what Teen Titans is and what Young Justice is, and we go into this, and I don't think we were expecting it to be that dark. But I think it's a very real look at teen superheroes and what they kind of go through and, like, the trauma and the uh, stress of it all and, like, the mistrust of the mentors. Like, it gets very deep into that. The, the actual acting is pretty decent. Like again, Anna Diop okay. in Starfire is oh, yes. not only just a beautiful woman. Like she, like she acts down and start. There was this scene where uh, she's possessed, and Donna like knocks her out while she's possessed, and so Nightwing meets up with them later. And Starfire asks, she's like, "Who is that?" And Donna's like, "Oh, I'm the girl who knocked you out." Starfire says, "Bet you can't do it twice." <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, it's like my guess. Yes. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's exactly something Starfire would say. Starfire would say, yeah. <laughs> um, and so the the cast and stuff, they also have really amazing chemistry together. So even if the dialogue is a little bit cringy or it doesn't really work, like they sell it. Like you actually enjoy seeing all of these people online, uh, on not online, but like on camera together. And Raven, this is actually the first version of Raven that I've ever liked. Really. Like I was, I was afraid they weren't gonna have a budget for like any of their powers because so, so like Star, Starfire's little fireburst wasn't really doing it for you me. Can t- you can tell the first season the budget was not where they needed it to be, but by the second season, it like there's actually a scene where they introduce Superboy, and he kind of he gets hurt, and so they have to revive revive him, and they you know talk about how Superman is fueled by the sun and blah blah blah. So Starfire like hugs him. And she starts using her powers to, like, light herself up to become a giant sunburst. But Raven uses her soul self to contain her. Mm. She doesn't, like, blow the building. It, like, looks so good. Like, the effects of it are so good. It looks so... It, and that's my thing, too. Is like I realize not a lot of people post about Titans, but, again, a lot of people didn't. Well, it, was, it was on um, the DC app. A lot of people didn't. It was. They didn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish you, they did, but they didn't. Yeah. If you have HBO Max now or you have access to titans i do highly recommend everyone go and watch it it is a good show crypto's on it crypto be killing people they got Super the dog cool. on it <laughs> somebody shot a missile into a room one day and crypto grabbed it and like flung it back <laughs> i was what? living <laughs> it's everything like it's, so good. Like, it's so good like it's so good. Like, but the the action like really good. Like, Destro be beating their ass. No, I will. So you know, but on the flip side of me, this being the only version of Raven I've ever liked, it is the first version of Donna that I do not like. Oh, okay. I cannot. I, right. I love Donna. I cannot yeah. stand. I cannot stand her on the show. She is so annoying. Like, she's so self-righteous. And the best characters are actually, so it's Starfire, and then Minka Kelly plays Dove. And they, like, kill it. Then um, the guy who plays Jericho, the boy who plays Nightwing, the boy who plays Nightwing actually does really well, too. And, like, his journey from Robin to Nightwing is really well done. It's a good show. 
I've only watched. I only watch, I think I stopped after the first three episodes or something like that. Um, I was like, oh, this is not it. <laughs> like I said, it was giving CW. I was like, this the budget for this has to be seven dollars. <laughs> the, the, the budget is very low, and it, it shows on that first season. But as the show progresses, like it does get better. And I kind of hate that it has to do that. You know, I've got a lot of people are like they don't enjoy a show where you say, oh, if you got to wait by like episode six to really get into it, or that's when it gets good. They don't want to do it. But I mean, again, it happens sometimes. Yeah, it happens. And again, you have to think about where the show was. Mm. We we see how they did Swamp Thing, and Swamp Thing was fantastic. Mm-hmm. That was a show. We actually need to find a way to bring that back. I mean, I wouldn't be. Is it on HBO Max? I'm surprised they haven't started like a campaign to bring that back. Oh, actually, I'd assume I'm, it probably would be. I'm a check. I'm a check. Because unless was they had streaming I'm deals. There. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, watch Titans. JLA Titans. Great. Yeah. I wonder, I, I, what? I was saying I wonder if they'll do Cyborg on the Titan show. Oh. Well, isn't he on Doom Patrol? He is. I don't Would they, they can... just keep it set? They're not connected? They keep him separate? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Huh. I feel like... Anyway, <laughs> I'll have to try the show out. Like I mm-hmm. said... The budget for the powers wasn't given, but I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna try it out because you were. It's, you were... Uh, again, if even just as like a Starfire fan, if you're just mm-hmm. watching it for Anna Diop and Starfire, you're gonna love it. Okay, okay, I'll be in it for Starfire because she gets the moments. She gets all of the moments. Um, so being going back to the our reread of JLA Titans, were there any characters? You know, you were saying you're a lot of these people are new to you. Were there any of them who you saw who you wanted to know more about? Um, outside of Argent, yes. um, the Argent was definitely one I really wanted to read more about. Um, the Jodo character was kind of cool. They're also um, the same. That's whoever was that, the guy that Supergirl fought that had wings. The wing, that's Zario. I don't know who he is, <laughs> but that was kind of cool. I don't know if he's actually still like in existence. You know when DC reboots, I don't think he made it through the reboots. Okay, damn. And pretty or, much, oh, also I will say though, you know, I'm a big Green Lantern guy, but I actually don't have a lot of like knowledge, I should say, about um, Kyle Rayner. Oh, I don't like Kyle. I've, any Green Lantern stuff I read, I'm mostly I'm only focusing on John <laughs> or the core as a, as a whole. Mm-hmm. And whenever he was around, my actually my favorite take on Kyle Rayner was when he became a White Lantern. Like there was a time when in the Green Lantern like mythos where it felt like all the Earth Lanterns were around, but they actually ended up finding a place for all of them. Like mm-hmm. Guy became a Red Lantern, and um, Kyle became a White Lantern, so he mm-hmm. could like tap into all the other colors. I thought that was cool for him, but bef- I have I've never really read any of his stuff with the JLA, so he might be someone I could maybe Kyle, be interested Kyle, in. Kyle's in a weird space. He's like the Forgotten Lantern. Because I think mm-hmm. when you think of Kyle, like everybody knows Hal Jordan, mm-hmm. everybody knows John Stewart. You kind of have Guy Gardner there as like the the douchebag. The you know you hate to yeah. love him. Right. Um, then you have Kyle, but I feel like the place that he should have had has kind of been lost because it's been filled pretty much by Jessica and Simon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they they are the Earth Lanterns. Um, and when you think, I think Hal should be retired. 
someone may I've heard the opinion that John should be like the lantern of the Justice League, and then Simon and Jessica can go be like the lanterns of the sector. And yes, agreed. Guy, guy does whatever. He's been like a red lantern. He's saying he can yeah, go. Yeah, just let him do whatever. He'll yeah. he'll be fine. And then they have the new team lantern. And it's like so once you do all of that, you kind of get to Kyle, and it's kind of like okay, well, what does Kyle do? Because he wasn't necessarily a leader. Kyle to me is actually similar to um, Warren Worthington, Angel over in the X Men. Like he's not really the smartest. He's not really the most tactical. Um, he's a lantern, so he's powerful, but he's still not like the most powerful lantern. Right. Um, He's not really the leader, so he's just kind of there. I feel like his space doesn't exist without the Titans. Even then, like he wasn't a like Titan it, for long. Does he not fit that Titan like section? I mean, he so he does. Like so, technically, he's he's around this. Well, I don't know now, but around the time he was the same age as like Donna and Nightwing. Yeah, he, like, he tried to date Donna. Uh, <laughs> right, as as I saw in the book, I see that they yeah. were like you know. Had yeah. eyes on each other, yeah. But again, don't nobody want to write Kyle with the Titans because he didn't like being a Titan. Got it. I didn't know that. I didn't know he was ever with the Titans like that because in this mm-hmm. uh, event, he was very much like instantly with the Justice I'm with League. The channel, I'm with the Justice League. <laughs> like, yeah. y'all need to listen to me. Like, why isn't everyone on the Justice League side? And so he instantly team- fought Flash and was like, you're a traitor. So the team that had um, Arjun and Hotspot in them, he was on that team with them. Oh, okay. Him and the Adam. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> because the Adam had got uh, de-aged to a teenager, so they both joined that team of Titans. But it's Kyle's just like, I ain't trying to be a... He's like, I don't want to be a teen Titan. I'm a leaguer. He kind of sees the Titans as beneath him, so I don't think they would ever actually put him with them. Hmm. Maybe he would be the one to be in the group that is still like giving that that energy. There's always one in the group that's like, oh, I'm beneath you. Like this is beneath me, but then they have to learn that it's not <laughs> and that you're not as great as you think you are. I think he's just destined to be the forgotten lantern. Unless you make him a white lantern again. But then it's also like Do we want the white lanterns right now? There's only ever one. <laughs> yeah. They don't have a core, it's just one. Just put them off <laughs> in space. <laughs> Although I do think the black lanterns are about to come back, so maybe. I saw that, but are we gonna have that event again? Like you know, Blackest Night and all the dead heroes are back, and maybe this is their way to get everybody back that we just talked about. You know, know. DC got to get it together, but we'll see. All right, well, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, Make sure you subscribe and you know watch us over on YouTube at Another Relaunch. You can find us on Twitter at Another Relaunch. If you have any questions, comments, anything you want to send us, you can email us at anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and every kind of other social media site at UncannyLZ. Keenan, where they, can they find you? You can find me on all social media at Keenan Lance. You know there's an underscore at the end. <laughs> Come on, tagline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's get up here. All right. Peace.